welcome back to the Harsh Days podcast. My name is Tim. My name's Aaron. And we're here to record another episode. We're still we're still learning this whole podcast thing, getting like the sounds right and like the programs that I use on my computer together. It's kind of hard. I've had you fucking come in here how many times and be like, does this <laughs> so sound much, good? I'm so over it. Yeah, I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but we've only been doing this a week. A week. You know. That's true. Um, but yeah, um, I uh, I released like the first episode kind of as like a test about a week ago, and uh, I didn't know if it was something that I was going to keep doing. Uh, I didn't know if anyone would care or not. You know, just the the typical like, you know, I wasn't insecurities. Con- yeah, yeah, it's just a normal insecurity, you know. So I didn't know if it was anything that people would be interested in but surprisingly quite a few people reached out to me and was like hey this is a cool idea like i'd like to be on it you should keep doing it blah 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 blah. and it's and it's creative and you know i've been telling you aaron for a while that Mm -hmm. i've been feeling very not creative and you know i don't know i I don't know how to fucking draw or like tattoo or same i don't i can't i don't i'm not good at anything i can't dance you can dance no i can't i can dance like a fucking goofball but i'm not a fucking i'm not graceful you should see me in the pit, though. I'm a fucking... Let's open this fucking pit up. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're going to keep doing this. Uh, Aaron is now officially going to be my co-host in this. Neat. We're like a little boyfriend-girlfriend duo. It's kind of cute, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. All right, if you don't think so, then fuck off. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. So, for this episode, um, we were originally going to interview one of our homies, but... Uh, the night we were going to interview him, we had something else going on, so we had to reschedule, but then I think the next day it was, he got... Or two days later. Yeah, like two days later, uh, they got, um, a positive COVID test back, so I'm very thankful that, you know, we rescheduled, but Josh, you're listening, I hope you feel better, man, Mars, Bailey, everyone feels better. Um, yeah, so this episode, Aaron is gonna be interviewing me about... What I consider to be my harshest day, hardest day, um, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, let's go ahead and dive right in. All right, hello, everyone. Um, Again, this is the second episode of Harsh Days. Uh, My co-host, Aaron, is going to be interviewing me. Hello. Hello. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to let you go ahead and take it away. How was your day today? I was good. I I was really sleepy today. I fucking I don't know. I like woke up, sat around, thought about the podcast a little bit, and spent like three hours like trying to figure out like the settings of it and the sound and stuff. Like the sound, yeah. Sound sounds much better. It sounds better than it did. It's not amazing, but I'm gonna. There's this microphone I want to buy, the Shure SM7B. I'm going to buy that. It's like 400 bucks, but I'll just buy it when we get back from vacation. Aaron and I are going on a little vacation next week. We're going to do a road trip. With our friend Zach. Yeah, we're going out with our friend Zach. We're going to fly into Vegas and then fucking drive down and do like a tour, like a uh, national park tour of like Arizona, New Mexico, I think a bit of Colorado, and then going to Utah. Are we doing Colorado? I think we have to go into it for a second. I don't remember. Actually, no, I don't think we're going to Colorado. Who knows? We're playing it by ear. We're just going on a week road trip of, like, the southwestern states. It's going to be tight. Keeping it fresh and funky. Keeping it fresh and funky. That yeah. that was my high school yearbook motto when I graduated. Did you guys have, like, quotes underneath your 
No, we didn't have yearbooks, and I also didn't graduate. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, wasn't it like just a piece of paper they stapled together? Yeah, so I'm from a small town called Tehachapi, California, and I went to the bad boy school called Monroe High School, and it was like four little pods with like four classes and our yearbook if I remember correctly was just like paper stapled together it was very very it weird. was the saddest thing I've ever seen is four little pods when I took you to yeah. me and I showed you it yeah. yeah um whatever if you're listening Mr. Monaco fuck you was uh, he dick he was our principal and he looked like a goat and he kicked me out of the school because uh I got sick with strep throat okay so let's start let's go let's rewind a little bit I I was a super senior, mm-hmm. like a fifth year senior, whatever. Um, and when you turn 18 or go into like your fifth year of high school, they made <laughs> us sign this like attendance policy, mm-hmm. right? That was like, if you miss like one, two or three days, I don't remember. Let's just say it was two days or something like that. If you miss this amount of days, we are going to, you are no longer allowed to go here. You won't graduate, blah, blah, blah. So I think I had missed like one day. And I had one day left, and I got sick with strep throat, and we I, I grew up in Tehachapi, California, and, like, the local, the closest, like, actual doctor, like, hospital was either in Bakersfield, California, or Lancaster, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember I was 18, um, I drove myself down to Lancaster, mm-hmm. California to go to Kaiser, because there was something fucked up with my throat, and I had, I had strep throat. And I remember I called my boy Elliot, and I was like, hey... Let Mr. Monaco know that I'm not going to be in today because I have strep throat and I'll bring a doctor's note. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay, for sure. So I go, I go to Kaiser. I, uh, this isn't my harshest day, by the way. Um, I go to Kaiser and, um, I get diagnosed with strep throat. Yeah. Um, and I get a doctor's note that like excuses me from school. And I was like, okay, cool. As I'm driving back, Elliot texts me and he's like, yeah, they said that, uh, you should bring your books in cause you're not, <laughs> you can't come back. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, that's really fucking stupid. Um, and at first I thought he was fucking with me cause all my friends and I fucked around with each other a lot. Um, but I went the next day and presented my doctor note and they were like, no, like you are kicked out. You signed this policy. I think that they just didn't like me even though I didn't, I didn't do anything to that. I wasn't... They probably, in the sun spot, but they probably, in a way, like, looked down upon you because you were a super senior. You know what but I mean? But a lot of people there were fifth-year seniors, and that also sounds... Like, that'd be fucked up. But anyway, so I did turn in all my books, and I was just like, whatever, fuck you. And I remember my mom got upset, um, and she tried to reach out to, like, the superintendent, and they wouldn't even, like, hear my case. I don't know. It was really stupid. The education system in my hometown doesn't seem like the best i don't know but yeah that's what happened um but my day was good yeah i just yeah. fucked around with the sound settings on this i thought about going on a little walk so i i did for a second i don't like going on walks much i don't understand that you and i will never agree with that i love going on walks what do i what's the point what do you do i just i take it in take what in what the what are you talking the about house. the air i'm breathing air right now yeah, but you're, like, you're outside. Like, okay, there's nothing out there for me. There's literally everything out there for you. Like, okay, so... Like, it's good for your mental health. I fucking guess so. I don't know. I've never felt like... Okay, so I have really bad anxiety, which I'm sure we'll talk about in this episode. But I've never been feeling anxious. And I'm like, you know what? A fucking walk sounds great. It sounds horrible. Well, it's easier sound, but I think that it's... I don't know. On a well, nice day, it would be good for you. I've just never been like, 
wow, it's the sun's out. I'm going to go walk seven blocks in my neighborhood or like a park. It's like, yeah, there's trees and shit that's tight. Whatever. Like, I will go do things outside. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I like to have like a purpose. Like, sure, I will go on walks sometimes. And there are times where I'm like to you, I'm like, hey, let's go on a little walk because it sounds nice. But for the most part, it's just I don't get it. Walks aren't, I don't know, I don't give a fuck what's out there. I don't believe most stuff in life doesn't have to have a purpose. Most stuff you do in life doesn't really have a purpose, but other than enjoyment. And I don't really enjoy walks that much. Well then, fucking, who cares? You don't have to go on walks. Alright. So, I'm going to segue into asking you, what has been your harshest day in life? My harshest day? The worst day. The worst day of my life. Yeah. You've been alive 30 years. you got to have a couple. I am 30 years old now. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. You're old. I am now... I'm a 30-year-old man living in a crazy world, baby. All right. What's your harshest day? Um, I've been jib-jabbing for six minutes. Yeah. Hey. Fuck it. Uh, my harshest day, I'd say that I have two of them. Um... I don't know, in any particular order, I'd say one of them was the day my mother passed away. Mm -hmm. And then the second one would be the day that I decided to quit drinking alcohol. Which one do you want to start with? Let's talk about... Let's talk about you quitting drinking. Okay. Mix it up. I know that your mom passed away first before you quit drinking. Yeah. But I think it would just be interesting to talk about you quitting drinking. Okay. There's no, it's not just that day alone. Like it wasn't very, it wasn't like it was th- that day kind of sucked and was like the harshest day I can think of so far, just cause it was a culmination of so many things. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like I started drinking alcohol when I was 16 years old. Um, and it started out as just, I was partying with my friends. Yeah. We grew up in a small town. We were hanging out. We were partying. You're in a band. I oh. was, I was my friend's I was my friend's band's, like, manager, if you will, anxiety attack. And um, that was my boys, Bernie, Elliot, fucking Paul, Kyle Winchester, all them. And we'll get into that another time. But I would, like, book them shows and stuff. And, yeah, we would go out and party and stuff and and hang out. And, you know, my friend Sabino, rest in peace, um, would, and I would go out to parties and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just typical high school shit. So I started drinking and... At that time, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. I think that, uh, you know, a few years prior to that, when I first started drinking, I had had my first panic attack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very coincidental that I ended up hanging out with a band called Anxiety Attack. and <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, so I started drinking, and then, like, as my anxiety got worse throughout the years, I realized that when I was drinking, I didn't feel those feelings of anxiety yeah you know what i mean or panic or whatever and it numbs you out of it yeah it's just it's just self-medicating and it and it sucks to say but that's that's kind of what i did i liked to you know it, it started off innocent enough i go out yeah. to parties play beer pong drink on the weekends and stuff and then as i got older it's like oh wow i'm over 18 i have more freedom to do what i want you know what i mean it's like it's tuesday i can i'm gonna get drunk on a tuesday night and it was always innocent yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't like sad about anything. I wasn't like drinking my sorrows or anything like yeah, that. It was just partying. Yeah, I was just partying. But then it ended up, you know, you know, uh, my mom passed away four years later when I was twenty, and then I don't know. I think I just was through. I think, I think for the longest time, honestly, I was just going through a bout of undiagnosed depression, probably. Mm. You know, but yeah, I quit drinking. 
Um, I was 26 years old. Um, Do you I, think when your mom passed, it like made your drinking become more severe? Like, did it kind of swing into not just like, hey, we're partying, it's fun, and being like, oh, I'm masking this terrible death I'm going through, like grieving? I mean, so my memory, honestly, is very hazy of the ages of like 16 to 26 while I was drinking. Mm-hmm. Because I would, I would black out. You know yeah. what I mean? I was the kind of drinker where if I drank, I would frequently black out. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's embarrassing to say, but that's just how it was. You know, I, and it's not like I ever, I didn't ever go into it thinking like, fuck yeah, I'm going to black out. Yeah. Titties. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like that. I just, I drink very quickly any beverage. Like, you've noticed that before. I drink beverages very yeah, quickly. Yeah, like, if I buy you a 12-pack of Diet Pepsi, it's gone in a day. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's not, I just don't, it's like, it's hard for me to just think about, like, oh, you should slow down, like, drinking this. And it's not like I ever was just like, yeah, let's get fucked up. Like, it wasn't, you know, there were some nights, of course, but yeah. it, it never was, it never to me was just like a, it was like a thing that I... Well, I take that back. Later on, it did get like that. But um, I think that when my mom passed away after a while, yeah, of course I was depressed. Like, what 20-year-old wouldn't... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you've experienced a death. Yeah, I was so young, though. Yeah, Six but it's... Is, just, you know. Yeah, it sticks with you. But I feel like 20 being, like, this weird in-between of, like, you're it's expected to be an adult and stuff, but, like, you're also kind of like a kid. Yeah. You know. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, so I think that after my mom had, you know, passed away, I don't, I wouldn't say that, like, at that moment in time is when I was like, I'm going to drink to mask how much this sucks. Like, I don't remember ever thinking that. Yeah. I think that it was just kind of, like, the timing of it as well. So, like, I moved to Portland when I was 18, stayed here for about six months. I moved here with my best friend Tanner, rest in peace. (laughs) And, um, you know, I stayed here for about six months. Then I moved back to Tatchby for about a year. Then I came back to Portland. My mom got diagnosed with something called myelodysplastic syndrome when I was 16 years old. So she had to come up here to go to OHSU, which is the Oregon Health and Science University, to get treatment. Um, She ended up passing away because of complications from that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, I was 20 and I was, you know, I was, I I remember I just moved into, um, a place to live with my friend and coworker Laurel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the timing of it is just, I was 20. I was starting to meet new people yeah. more, you know, I was like getting ready. I was like getting out of your shell. I was getting out of my shell a little bit, kind of like just, you know, maturing a little bit, but like not mature. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I was like playing in a band with my friends here. We were in a band called sweet tooth. And, you know, I think that the timing of it was just, the timing of when my mom passed away was just perfect enough for when I was getting more into situations where I would party. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that so makes I, sense. So I found myself, it's like, okay, cool, like I'm 20, then I turn 21, it's like I can drink whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. You know, but let's go back to the, the day. Um, we'll go back to, you know, it'll all piece together, I'm sure. But yeah, I remember uh, the day was October 29th, 2017, mm-hmm. and... Um, the night before my friend Ellie was having a Halloween party here in Portland. And, um, I was like, yeah, of course I'll, I'll go to the, the Halloween party. Like that sounds fun. Um, the, it was the day of the Halloween party, the 28th. So the day before I quit drinking mm-hmm. 
And I remember I was just like chilling at my house all day. I didn't have to work that day. And I was just chilling, drinking some beers, playing some video games, hanging out. And then it was, it was time to go to the party. And I was already pretty drunk. Like I didn't even realize I was like, oh shit. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Like I'm already kind of drunk. But then, yeah, I don't know. It was very weird. When I got there, I remember being very paranoid, like socially paranoid that everyone around me was just kind of like making fun of me in their heads. I hate that feeling. Yeah, it was like very weird, very weird social anxiety that night. And I don't know why. Yeah. It was odd. Like, yes, I have some social anxiety, but this was kind of elevated. It was very weird. Your social anxiety, though, is very, like, it does not come out very often. Yeah. I'm usually not so, I used to be socially anxious when I was much younger, like 12, 13. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so I was at this party and hanging around, and I was already pretty drunk, but I was still drinking at the party. And I remember Ellie and, like, a few other people were like, hey, we're going to go. I don't remember what they were going to go do. Get some more food or go get some food, go get some more beer, something like that. They were like, do you want to go? And I was just like, no, not really. And I remember they went and I sat in my friend Ellie's room for like an hour while they went out and ran that errand. And while I was sitting there, I found, I wasn't like rummaging. There was just a bottle of like Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, on her, like, desk or something like that. I don't remember. And I remember I texted her. I was like, hey, can I have some of this Jack Daniels? Mm-hmm. I'm just chilling in your room until you get back. And she was like, yeah. And then I don't I don't know the exact time that it was, but um, I guess I drank most of the Jack Daniels while I was sitting there mm-hmm. waiting for them, and I just blacked out. And I remember I woke up at, like, 4 or 5 p.m. the next day in my bed mm-hmm. where I lived in this house in northeast Portland, and I didn't remember getting home, nothing like that. And I yeah. woke up, and I was just like, how the fuck is it 4 p.m.? Like, I was yeah. just at the party. And it was 10 o'clock. Just like a snapshot of like bottle of Jack Daniels and then you're like wake up and you're like what the fuck. I'm like fucking like like over 12 hours later. Like yeah, that's, that's bad. That's a lot of time. Yeah that's bad you know. And yes I would like brown out or black out when I would drink but there wasn't that many occasions where I would lose that much time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like for sure. Like let's say it was let's say it was like 10 o'clock that night. I blacked out woke up at like 4 p.m. the next day. Yeah that's. A lot of time. Yeah. That's, wait, I can't do math. I don't know. Fuck the math. 16 hours. Yeah. And I couldn't, I didn't remember anything. I just remembered, like, going to the party and that was it. Um, So I checked my phone and I had, like, 10 missed calls from Ellie and, like, five voicemails from her being like, hey, where are you? Where'd you go? Like, you just kind of left. Like, what's going on? And then there was another voicemail that was like, where are you? Like, I hope you come back to the party. I love you. I hope everything's okay. Another voicemail, like, Tim, like, I don't know where you went, like, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, how the fuck did I get home? And I remember, so I checked my bank account, and I took an Uber from her house. um, And, yeah, so I pieced it together. I was like, okay, at some point. But the Uber was at, like, 5 in the morning. You know what I mean? So I... Interesting. Yeah, well, I used... So I when I would, like drink too much and black out I would just fall asleep so I'm guessing that I fell asleep at Ellie's house in a room or something and then I woke up you know what I mean then just took yeah. an Uber home and then went back to bed mm-hmm. um, but yeah and then at that at that moment I was just like I've had enough of this like I had like $10 in my bank account to last me like two weeks because yeah. I would like go to bars with friends and just spend a lot of money on drinking like I didn't even think about it like but the weird thing is that it's, like, such a mature thing to do that you should think about it. You should be like, no, mm-hmm. I can't go out tonight because I have this bill due. I just, it's not like that I was intentionally trying to not 
have money. I just wouldn't think about it yeah, for some reason. Yeah, because you didn't have control over your your drinking, right? Well, yeah, I guess I would say. I mean, That's too strong to say, but yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, I feel really vulnerable right now talking about this, but I guess, I guess so. Like, you know, and it and it sucks. Like, I would, I would fucking go out all the time, and you know, go on dates, meet people, you know, blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. spend money that I shouldn't have been spending. And now that it's been like going into my fifth year of drinking, thinking or going into my fifth year of not drinking, looking back on that, I'm like, wow, how was I ever that irresponsible? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't know. That's just how it was for me. But I remember the day I quit drinking. Uh, so like, yeah, I pieced together that I got home, blah, blah, blah. And I, I felt like dog dump, dude. I felt like fucking shit. And I probably had been drinking every night for like the last month at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I felt like shit, had no money. I had $10 or something to my name how, and no groceries. I didn't grocery shop back then. I would just eat out every fucking meal. Mm-hmm. That's not sustainable. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially at the time, I think I was making, how much was I making? I was making like, I don't know, like $14 an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I, my rent was like 600 or something. I don't remember, but you know. Um, and I just remember being like, fuck this. Like, I'm sick of being broke. I'm sick of feeling like shit. I'm sick of everything in my life. Like, I was never, like, depressed, suicidal, anything like Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, the number one thing I can do for myself to be happier and get myself out of this stupid financial mess where I never have money is to quit drinking. Yeah. So I remember telling myself, I'm going to fucking quit drinking. And I texted some friends and I was like, hey, I'm taking a break from drinking or I'm not drinking anymore. Please don't invite me out to a bar or anything like that. And I remember I laid in my bed and I played video games for like two weeks while all the alcohol got out of my system. And alcohol withdrawal is like pretty it, I did have alcohol withdrawals, yes. I was shaking pretty badly. Um, People die from alcohol. Like, yeah, there was a few points. Like my heart would beat really fast. I was sweating. I had a very hard time walking for like the, the, yeah. the, the, like the first two weeks. Um, this isn't something that I've really ever talked about to anyone. Um, I had a very hard time walking. I lived on the top floor of of the house I was staying at. And I remember a few times throughout the week, I would try to walk downstairs and like my muscles were just, they were like fucked. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how to explain it. They were just like all, I felt like I had like Charlie horses and couldn't walk that well. I think I was reading something about that recently. Or I think I was reading something about that recently. Like it's just very... Um, I don't know. I maybe you're like dehydration, mm-hmm. but I think it was something like that. But yeah. how'd you get through it? I laid in bed and didn't talk to anyone for like two fucking weeks. Like you just who like who brought you? Did anyone bring you anything? Yeah, or? I was like kind of seeing this girl, and she was she was very helpful. Um, and yeah, she she would like bring me food and and help me get groceries and like kind of hang out with me and it was it was very nice of her and I do owe a lot of that of like those first few days weeks to her and also my roommate at the time Megan was very helpful in just kind of like you know making sure everything was okay so yeah I definitely had like a little bit of a support system but yeah that day was just one of my worst worst days because I felt so low. Like, I had the high of, like, being social and having all these, excuse me, having all these fucking friends and just partying and stuff. But I was so unhappy. I was so 
I was probably, again, like I said, undiagnosed depression, you know, and depression bouts can come and go. I don't think it's anything I deal with anymore, yeah. you know, like, you know, but it was just, I remember in that, when I woke up at that, that day and just like $10 to my name, no money, no groceries, didn't know how the fuck I was going to eat. It sucked. I felt like a piece of shit, you know, and it's all just growing up and learning and stuff. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah. Like you, you got through, you kind of did it cold turkey, really. I did do it cold turkey. Yeah. I, I, you've I, never had a setback at all. Like you've never like started no, drinking again. No. I have no desire to drink again or anything like that. Um, you know, after 10 years of drinking a lot, I just, I don't know. I have no desire for it. I don't miss being hung over. I don't miss being broke. I don't miss, I don't miss staying out till fucking three in the morning or some shit, yeah. waking up at like 2 p.m. I just never got into that phase. Yeah, and that's the thing. Some people do, some people don't. You know, I had a number of friends that, you know, we would, that we, that's the lifestyle we were living and there's nothing wrong with it. I have yeah. friends that still live that lifestyle and fuck yeah, if you, if you can manage it, hold a job, live your life, then that's totally fine. But for me, it just got kind of like, I put going out and partying and hanging out with friends before life's responsibilities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you were more focused on having fun and going out with your exactly. friends. Exactly. But, and some people can do the balance of both, but it's, I don't know if it's sustainable forever. No, it, yeah. it's definitely not, you know. Well, maybe it is. Maybe some people might be able to live that okay, lifestyle, yeah. and that's awesome. Good for them, Good you know. For them, seriously. All that matters is what makes you happy. And the way that I was living wasn't making me happy. Yeah. You know? So that was a pretty fucked up day for me. Like, I just, I felt so low and just like, like, I would go on Instagram and see, like, my friends, like, going out to, like, dinners with other friends and, like, going on dates and, you know, having money to go do things. And I couldn't have any of that. Like, I remember, like, people would hit me up and be like, hey, do you want to go get food at this place? And I just, I couldn't go. And it was, like, a cheap place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how embarrassing is it to tell, like, and I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to be like, oh, you don't have money, you're fucked. Like, you're yeah. a shitty person or anything like that. I don't want anyone listening to this think that that's what I'm trying to convey. But it's like, it's a shitty feeling if someone's like, hey, do you want to go get food at Javier's? It's a Mexican place here in Portland. Yeah, it costs like eight bucks. So. And like, I can't afford an $8 burrito. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that will really... And like, I was also smoking cigarettes at the time, too. Yeah, which are expensive. And yeah. That will really, like, come at you, you know, yeah. when you're like, I'm so broke, I can't, like afford a fucking burrito bowl. Yeah. You know? I found myself in so many of those situations where, like, I couldn't afford the smallest things for myself. Like, I would frequently, like, not be able to pay my phone bill, so my phone bill would get shut off. Why couldn't I pay for my phone bill? Because I was spending money going out to bars with my friends. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, that's just how it was for me for quite some time, which I think does tie into... My second harshest day was when my mother passed away. So, yeah, my mom got diagnosed with something called... Um, myelodysplastic syndrome. Yeah, myelodysplastic syndrome, which is something to do with, like, bone marrow, blood cells, white blood cells, red blood cells. I don't know. I was told that it's it's called... Um, it's, like a, it's like pre-leukemia. Mm -hmm. And she had that sickness from when I was, like, 16 till 20 when she passed away. So for about four years. What were, like, the symptoms of that? I have no idea. You, none? No. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what the symptoms were. I don't even know how my mom 
did she like shift at all were you like she seems kind of different like her mood yeah mood or like maybe she's more tired well yeah she definitely seemed tired but like i i remember again my memory is very hazy but i remember like being 16 my parents went to kaiser because my mom had a doctor's appointment and then they sat me down and they were like your mom is sick with this I, I don't know how it came about i have no idea all i know is that myelodysplastic syndrome can can be caused from smoking cigarettes my mom used to smoke a lot of cigarettes like how many not when i was around she she start, she was smoking before my brother was born in 1979 mm-hmm. oh god who knows what was in cigarettes yeah I don't, I don't know yeah. But, yeah, so she quit smoking after my brother Kevin was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so she hadn't smoked for years. But I don't, I don't know, really know anything about the disease. I've, I've, I've read about it, of course. I think you said one time we looked it up and there were, like, splotches. Like, people would have, their skin would almost, like, be, like, splotchy. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't remember that on my mother at all. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so she was sick, you know. Um, they ended up having to move up here to Oregon to go to Oregon Health and Science University because it was the closest and most affordable place for, like, the insurance to cover her to get treatment. Yeah. Or, like, go do her doctor's appointments. Um, I wish I knew more about, like, the, like, timeline of events. It's just my memory is kind of hazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, like, my mother passed away. She had complications. She was taking... So, she she got that sickness but then she got cured of the sickness so she was down with the sickness and then she was cured of the sickness you know but she was she was put on this medicine called prednisone or something like that which totally fucked up her like hips and joints and stuff and she she like couldn't really walk towards the end and she just she looked she was 62 when she passed away she looked like almost like 80 is i think i've seen her i maybe a photo of her from around that time she looked much older than she was yeah yeah you know because she had chemotherapy and yeah that it's so terrible it is it's also for good but it's it really fucks up your body Mm -hmm. so i remember yeah um yeah she i yeah she started taking this medicine called prednisone it really fucked her up and I don't remember exactly what the incident was where we were like, we need to take her to the hospital right now. I think that mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what happened. Um, but yeah, I remember um, she was at OHSU, the hospital, and they told us well, what happened was she she went into cardiac arrest and then she due uh, to the medicine. I don't know exactly. I, that's what that's what we that's what my family has told me that it was because of the medicine. Lawsuit. I don't lawsuit. Yeah, we. My sister and I thought about doing some sort of lawsuit, but for some reason we never did. I don't know. It's a lot of work. It's a lot, and it's a long time. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. I know that she went into cardiac arrest, um, and um, after I think it was like seven or eight minutes, nine minutes. I don't remember. They were able to like bring her back, but she would have been like in a vegetable type state you know just like brain dead almost you know and my mom wouldn't have wanted to live like that yeah who would yeah you you know what i would so my family and i we made the decision to you know take her off life support gotcha and when you guys took her off life support did she kind of go pretty quickly or did she hold out i I think it was within a couple hours. I remember we were at OHSU and we made the decision. So they took her off and then we left. We said our goodbyes. I remember this is a very vulnerable thing. 
for me to say right now, but I remember like saying my goodbye. I remember standing over the left side of her while she was laying in the hospital and my sister was on her right side of her and I was holding her hand. She didn't know I was there. My mom, you know, she had no idea. She was in like a vegetative state. And I remember just crying, bawling my eyes out, telling her I love her, that I'll miss her. And I remember the last, one of the last things that I said is that she'll never see me get married or have kids. And I started crying, you know, and then, you know, everyone around was crying. My brothers were there. My whole family was there. And I remember, you know, looked at her and I said, goodbye. I love you. And I walked away. And then for some reason, we went to a fucking Arby's. (laughs) We went to Arby's. It was like me, my dad, my brother was here. And then my other brother came up from the Sacramento area. And we were at Arby's for some reason. I think we went to Arby's. And, um, Did you guys, like, sit in the Arby's? Yeah, we went into Arby's, and we had, well, we had, we had to get dinner. I don't fucking know. Why'd you sit in there, and just, were you all crying over your beef and cheddar? I don't know. I don't remember. I love Arby's. I don't know why. That's why we decided, like, oh, you would God. think that we would just, like, go home and order food or, like, make food. I, I don't fucking pizza. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> we went to Arby's. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. No, 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 it's it's a silly thing. And um, I remember my my dad got the call from the nurse at OHSU while we were at Arby's. (laughs) If my sister or anyone in my family listens to this and it wasn't Arby's, hit me up, text me, correct me. Shoot a DM. Yeah, I think it was Arby's though. Um, I would never want to eat at an Arby's again. What a fucking sad man. I fucking love Arby's and I'll still go there. I, I fuck with Arby's Disgusting. heavy. Yeah. There's no trauma. There's no hard spot in Arby's in my heart or my <laughs> brain. <laughs> fucking love Arby's. <laughs> but yeah. I remember. Um, yeah, I remember my dad got the call from like the nurse at OHSU. She was like, yeah, she passed. And, oh, your poor dad. Your sweet baby dad. Yeah. How's he in? He like, and then did you guys have a funeral or? Well, yeah, she was cremated. Yeah. Yeah, my sister has her ashes, um, at her house in this like really pretty like wooden thing with like pictures of her and stuff. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of the other. It's it's a hard day when you're you know it, it sucked being and it sucked being you know it sucks to lose a parent. Yeah. It sucks. It really sucks because you like grew up with them. And, and the biggest thing I regret, honestly, is that it happened at such a weird age for me because, okay, so she was sick between like the ages of me being 16 and 20. Yeah, when you're kind of still, if you don't mind me interrupting, but like 16 to 20, you're just like kind of like you're a teenager. Exactly. I'm a teenager and I'm focused on like hanging out with my friends Yeah. and like meeting girls and you know, I was going on tour with my friends and anxiety attack and stuff and doing all this stuff. And then I moved here. It's like, I never stopped to think maybe I should just stay home in Tehachapi and be with my mom. But my, they ended up moving here anyway. So it worked out because I was up here, but I never stopped to think. And I don't know why I never stopped to think I need to spend more time with her. Because she's going to die at some point from this. No one, none of us knew that she, we, she was cured. Yeah. You know what I mean? But one of my biggest regrets in life, and you know, I've never really told anyone this, is that I, I did not get to know my mom better before she passed away. Yeah. And it sucks. It really sucks. So, and it's something I, you know, I don't, I don't, 
I don't feel guilty about it. I don't feel like I'm a bad person because of it, but I, I wish I would have done that. Yeah. You know, I wish that, you know, maybe instead of going out to parties, but again, I didn't know that she was going to pass away, but you know, I wish that maybe I would have just gone down to their house more and just spent time with her, you know, mm-hmm. but you exactly. live and you learn. You live and you learn. And, you know, it's probably something, and granted, I don't, never knew your mom, but if anyone, everyone has been the able, I guess not everyone, but 16 to 20, people know that's the time that you're supposed to be focused on your friends and meeting people and you're, it's a selfish time. Yeah, it was and, just like blossoming into like a, like a dude, like a, an adult yeah. kind of almost, you know and what I mean? Like, I think any time your mother would, pro- she would understand. Oh, for sure. Like if if for some reason my mom like reincarnated and I was able to spend like 20 minutes with her, I know that I would be like, I'm sorry that I didn't spend more time with you. I know for a fact my mom would be like, it's okay. Like you didn't know. No one knew Mm -hmm. that this was going to happen, but I don't, she wouldn't blame me for, you know, not spending as much time with her as I'd like to, as I'd like to to have done. But yeah. Wow. I feel like I just had a fucking therapy session or something like that. Oh, well, you know. It's nice to be vulnerable sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's, you know. And that's something that, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's just good to, it's just good to um, talk about these kind of things. And, yeah. Well, especially, too, because there, it's just really common. Like, so many of us have lost parents. And it's, losing a parent is one of those things that, we all know, hope you know that we'll probably lose our parents. Hopefully, they die before us because that's the way of life. But no one really ever prepares you for death to the degree right. of losing a parent. You think you're gonna lose your parents when you're like in your forties or fifties. I know people like like my old coworker Mark. He's my friend and old coworker. I think his his father passed away within the last couple of years. He's like fifty five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people have their like. Doesn't doesn't your stepfather? Yeah, Richie's like sixty four, and he still has his mom, and she's just fucking going. She's just fine, trucking along. Yeah, trucking some people along. have their parents for quite some time. So, yeah. and it's weird. I was always the guy with older parents too. Yeah, like, your parent your parents had you when you were like when they were like in their forties. Yeah, so. I was born in 1991. My dad was born in 1945. That's nutty. And my mom was born in 1949. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, they were older when they had me. So, I remember, I remember like, being at friends' houses when I was, like, 9 or 10 or something. I don't remember. And, like, my mom would come pick me up. I remember one time I was at this kid's house. And my mom knocked on the door of this house I was hanging out at with a friend. Like, a play date or some shit. I don't yeah, fucking know. Yeah. And my mom knocked on the door, and she's like, hey, I'm here to pick up Tim. And the the my friend's sister answered the door, and the girl was like, hey, Tim, your grandma's here. Aww. And it, she was like, I'm his mom. Aww. You know what I mean? It was yeah. fucked. But, like, yeah, I, I had older parents, you know. But I think it's kind of cool to have older parents, though, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm 30 years old now. My dad is 77. I love talking to him about, like, now that I'm older and, like, understand things a little better, I'm like, what's up? What was up with the 60s? Like, did you do fucking acid? Like, what's up? You know, I've yeah. never asked my dad that, but... I, I feel like he definitely didn't. But maybe he did. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. But, but um, you know, it's just it's just cool to be able to... I, I, liked, I like it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, that's just that's just how it was for me, you know? So, on the two harsh, harshest days that you ever have, what do you feel like is the biggest lesson that you can pull 
from one of those days or both of them? Like, what is something that you can, can like, talk to yourself about and be like, okay, at least out of these two terrible days I had, I learned this. So what lessons have I learned from both of them? Yeah. I'd say that from my... The lesson I learned from my mother passing away is just tell the people that you love that you love them. Even if it's not something that you normally do yeah. or you feel weird saying it. Like, I tell my dad I love him. Not, like, all the fucking time, but we, we have frequently started... We have started saying it a little bit more. Tell, tell people you love them. Spend more time with them. You never know. Like, make that phone call to your mom or your dad. Like, yeah. you know, um, call your cousin. I don't know. Call your best friend. Talk to... Be present for, like, your friendships and, you know, because you, you never know. Like, I, I also have lost, you know, quite a few of, you know, I've lost a few best friends. Like, my best friends, Sabino, literally my best friends growing up are dead. Both of them. Yeah. Sabino and Tanner, you know, and I wish I would have kept in better contact with them as we got older. But, yeah. you know, it's crazy to think about. But, yeah, that's the lesson I learned. Keep in contact with people. Tell them you love them. Hang out with them check in with people say what's up yeah you know what i mean um the lesson i learned from the day i quit drinking i would say if, if you aren't happy and you feel like you're the lesson i learned would be like if you're, if you're not happy and you feel like you're stuck in some sort of like vicious cycle mm -hmm. that you can't get out of just stop smell the roses and be like i can i have the power to change this so the lesson that i learned from that is that you can you can do whatever I know it's so fucking cheesy, but you can do whatever you put your fucking mind to. It's not cheesy at all. It's those sayings are around because they're true. Yeah, that's true. So that's really nice. I really it's a lot. There's a lot to take in and a lot to be vulnerable. Yeah. Especially and not just with me, but with a bunch of people. But Yeah, thank absolutely. You. Thank you. Yeah. I think that was that was very touching and sad and funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Arby. <laughs> Do you want to go get Arby's right now? Like, no. I'll watch you eat it, though. <laughs> eh, I can go for a beef and cheddar. That's disgusting. I just, it's so weird. Yeah, I know. Why'd you guys all sit at Arby's? I don't know. Maybe it was a Wendy's <laughs> or something. I don't fucking remember. But anyway, that was uh, the second episode of Harsh Days Podcast. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you to the beautiful Aaron Thompson, my lovely co-host, for interviewing me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anything you want to say before we head out? Uh, nope. I, I DM us if you want to be on. And yeah, if you want to be on this podcast, literally anyone, hit me up. Tell your friends about this. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. folks that was the second episode of harsh days um aaron and i both appreciate everyone who's listened to this so far yeah thanks for thanks for listening it's kind of, it's really fun to do yeah I'm having this is really fun and it's the whole point why i want to do this and why the premise is what's your harshest days my main goal with this podcast is to, to normalize these types of conversations. I want to normalize being vulnerable. Yeah, I think it is something that obviously our people have like transitioned more into being more vulnerable and like talking about things, but I don't know. I still feel like it's I kind of like, hidden. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people 
bottle like keep things inside and it, it's okay if that if that is the person that you are but I just want I just want people to know that it's okay to talk about things so yeah if if you're ever feeling shitty or anxious or you're drinking a lot or you're just not really liking where things are by all means hit hit either of us up reach out to your friends communicate with someone seek professional help if you think that that's something that you need to do but yeah, yeah it, 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 big fan of therapy yeah it's it's definitely okay to talk about your feelings so with that thank you so much for listening and uh we'll see you next time for episode three